Hello, I'm Amber Lauver and welcome to day five of Fashion Avenue's 20 Days of Giveaways. I'm so excited to be giving away 40 prizes over 20 days to my loyal listeners and I cannot wait to share this very special episode with you. Today, I'm chatting to Victoria Devine, founder and host of chart-topping Aussie podcast for millennial women, She's on the Money. Victoria is a multiple award-winning financial advisor helping thousands of people change their relationship with money. I myself am a dedicated listener to She's on the Money and I'm also part of their Facebook group and I have learned a lot this year. I chat to Victoria about how to be smart with your money during the Christmas and New Year period, hacks to save money around this time of year and her favorite fashion and beauty products and brands. Also, make sure you listen all the way through for a fabulous giveaway at the end. Victoria, thank you so much for joining me on Fashion Avenue. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. As I said to you before we started recording, I am a listener and I am part of the She's on the Money Facebook group. So this is just fantastic to actually be able to chat to you on this podcast. I love that. I love being involved in like our community members' lives and podcasts and just everything. It is awesome. Oh, it's so good. Well, I really wanted to chat to you today because obviously Christmas has come around so fast. It's unbelievable. I still can't believe it's like almost December. Yeah, no, me either. It feels like this year it kind of went January, February, March, April, 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 May, (laughs) December. (laughs) Exactly. I know. Didn't even get a year with the way things went. But I know that this time of year we can get quite stressed out. I know I can. And I loved your She's on the Money episode on five ways not to go broke this festive season. Oh, I'm glad. (laughs) And definitely wrote down some tips there. So that was fantastic. And I just thought on the back of that, Do you have any tips on how not to get overwhelmed when thinking about Christmas spending? I think if we stop talking about Christmas spending and just start creating lists of who you need to buy for and what your total budget is, it stops being so overwhelming. So I know that it can be something that we all bury our heads in the sand about, but for me, it's about just getting it done, writing down a list and saying, okay, I need to you know, buy a present for Amber, here's my budget, and then writing down a few ideas will put you in a position where you feel a lot less overwhelmed about that task. Yeah, for sure. There's something that we do in my family. My sister and I do Christmas PDFs. And so oh my God. <laughs> we make up these like Christmas themed PDF documents and we send them of like a little list of what we're wanting. I love that. That's so helpful. I would literally adore getting that from someone. I'd be like, great, I'm going to give you something I know you actually want. <laughs> Half my struggle is trying to work out like, I think this is a good gift, but uh, does Amber? Yeah, exactly. I know it's hard when like maybe you have like a newer kind of friend or, you know, a family member you haven't really been close to and you're like, what do I get them? Totally. We do Kris Kringle in our family and I adore it when I get my sister because I know what to get. But often when I get, you know, maybe one of my uncles I haven't seen in a while, I'm like, oh my gosh, what do I get? (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's tough. But I also wanted to ask on the back of that, on the back of Kris Kringle, how do we allocate a budget for work or family Christmas games like Secret Santa, Kris Kringle, without spending too much? And do you have any tips on how to navigate that? 
I think it's just about being really open and honest about it. At the end of the day, instead of just saying, okay, well, I can only afford $50, like you could change the conversation from that to, hey guys, I know we probably all have heaps of secret Santas to do, so why don't we just do everyone a favor and cap this at $30? Yeah. So it takes it away from you and puts it back on you putting everybody else first. And I bet you... Everybody else will be like, oh, great idea, Amber. That is fantastic because no one wanted to talk about putting a budget on it. But you made it sound a little bit more attractive than it would have been had you been like, oh, I don't have a massive budget. No one really wants to say that. Yeah, I guess it's all about being open and honest, right? Exactly. Yeah. And when it comes to like wrapping paper, I kind of get caught up and I go into the stores and I'm like, oh my God, I love this wrapping paper. But then you look at the price and you're like, oh my God, that's so pretty. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You get sucked in. But like that can cost so much money. And do you have any hacks to maybe get around wrapping maybe a bit cheaper without looking cheap? I don't know because maybe you're going to think I look cheap because of this hack, but (laughs) I actually head on down to office work and I buy packing paper. You know those big rolls of brown paper? You can pick one up for like maybe $10, but it's literally like 25 meters of packing paper. And I always wrap my Christmas presents in this brown paper and then pick really nice bows to go on it because the paper, at the end of the day, it gets all ripped up. And if you can put yourself in a position where you're not wasting money on the things that literally get thrown in the bin, you'll be better off this festive season. But for me, I think it's just about a lot of brown paper, to be honest. I think it looks really rustic. Mm -hmm. And then often I get like packing string and then maybe buy a whole heap of really cheap bells or bows from the $2 shop and pop one on each gift. And it looks like I've put lots of thought in. And it also looks like everything matches, which is something that's really important to me. Oh, that's amazing. I love that idea because it actually will look really lovely at the end. And we'll be like, wow, did you get that? A hundred (laughs) percent. And I I know this sounds really lame as well, but at Office Works, and this is not a promo for Office Works, it's just (laughs) where I happen to go every year. Like buy it wherever it suits you, but they sell chalk so instead of writing on gift tags like to Amber from Victoria, I just write in like a love heart that I've drawn in chalk pen, like your name, oh, if I that makes that. sense, on the actual gift, which cuts out the necessity for having tags at all. So there is another festive money whip. Wow, because these novelty tags and little decorations and wrapping paper, they really cost a lot when you they kind of... They add up. Yeah, they add up so quickly and you don't even realise. And then afterwards you're like, wow, did I really spend that much on wrapping? Exactly, especially when you haven't thought about it from the very beginning. You'll find yourself picking up a roll here or a roll there or maybe you're really proactive at the beginning of Christmas and you go, oh, I'll just pick up some really cheap rolls at Kmart. But then it comes to the 20th of December and everywhere good is sold out of reasonably priced paper and you're left buying the Hallmark stuff for $12 a roll for two metres and you go through it like the end of the earth. So I just think that maybe just cut it back to basics and make it about the personal touches you can put on it. So for example, I've got the chalk pens and I usually just write people's names on it and decorate it with a couple of like little love hearts or something and it looks like a much more thoughtful gift. 
Oh my gosh, that's so cute. And you can like, yeah, make little drawings on it and paint it. That would be so cute. I love that idea. And it's fun too. <laughs> I know, a bit of DIY. We love a bit Absolutely. of Christmas DIY. <laughs> and so obviously with Christmas and after Christmas comes the Boxing Day sales, end of year sales, and oh my God, just the advertising alone just makes you excited. So how can we exercise self-control when it comes to all of the end of year sales? So I think that's about making a plan and sticking to it. I think if you're someone who gets sucked into impulse purchasing, maybe unsubscribe from your emails for a couple of days so that you're not getting bombarded with advertisements. At the end of the day, I find it incredibly hilarious that you know, Boxing Day is literally the day after the day we're meant to be grateful for what we already have. (laughs) It just seems like such a hyperbole. But at the end of the day, everyone loves Boxing Day. I remember back when I was like 12, 13, it was something that I was so excited to get Christmas money for so I could go shopping the next day. So it's all about a plan and making sure you're not buying things that you hadn't intended to purchase. So things that are really great to pick up on Boxing Day are usually festive. So if you're looking for a really great bargain on a Christmas tree for next year, usually they're half price. You know, things like pot sets and kitchen items are often really discounted alongside electronics. They discount significantly after Christmas because they assume lots of people purchase them before Christmas as gifts. So for me, if, you know, you're planning on getting a pot set for Christmas, because I'm an adult now and that's just what I get (laughs) excited about. (laughs) I know it's sad, but I'm so excited. Maybe it would be a money win if you said to someone, why don't you just give me an IOU and we can pick it up on the Boxing Day sale so they can save some money and you can get the item that you really want. So I think it's about making those sales work for you as opposed to you getting sucked into them. Yeah, and just buying things that you don't need, like extra makeup, and you're like, I'm never actually going to use this. <laughs> no, like at the end of the day, if you're spending money that you didn't need to spend, you're not actually saving anything. True. You've got a good point there, Victoria, I will say. <laughs> and is it ever too early to start budgeting for next Christmas? There's no such thing as budgeting too early. So in my personal budget, and I know you and I are going to talk about this soon. I talk about it a lot in the masterclass. Mm-hmm. I actually budget all year. So when Christmas comes, I actually have the money set aside for Christmas presents and for the festive season. Something that people forget when it comes to Christmas is the additional spending that we will do during that period, whether it reads you know, oh my gosh, Amber, we need to catch up for a drink because I haven't seen you all year stuff or, you know, going around to your aunt's house and getting a present, have a couple of boxes of chocolates on the way and all of the little things like the decorations for the table. No one remembers that. They only think about the presents that are being put under the tree when it comes to Christmas budgeting. So for me, get on it early, take into consideration absolutely everything. And obviously it's a bit late now given um, yeah. Christmas is really creeping up, but it would be a great time for you guys to actually start writing down everything you are spending money on this festive season so that you can create a budget so that you are in complete control next year. Perfect. Yes, I really need to start doing that because I find when it gets to maybe October, I'm like, oh my God, Christmas is going to come around so fast. What have I got to spend? Yeah. Exactly. So start budgeting now and if you can write a list of all the things that you spent this 
year, I think it will make you really empowered for the years to come because at the end of the day, Christmas is not a surprise. It actually pops up every December. <laughs> oh, my God, and we act like it's a surprise every year. Oh, my God. We're like, whoa, this came so quickly. What happened? <laughs> yeah, every year it's the same conversation. <laughs> Literally me every time I get my car insurance. <laughs> oh, my God, same. And, like, Red Show, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Where did that come from? So unexpected. <laughs> Who would have thought I had to pay? So funny. So strange. So I've been driving for 10 plus years and I just never understand why they keep sending these letters. Oh my God, that's so funny. It's just like us just being so ridiculous, but you know, having a plan is the best way to go clearly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so how do you, Victoria, budget for any fashion and beauty products? And do you have any hacks that we can use? Oh my gosh. When it comes to fashion and beauty, I would say that is my vice. I adore fashion. I adore beauty. I do have a fair bit of my budget allocated towards it. Obviously, after savings and investment, but in general terms, I would say that I do spend a little bit more than the average bear when it comes to those areas. I think it's just about working out what you actually need. So I used to get really hung up on beautiful eyeshadow palettes. when it came to beauty and like products. I was like, oh my gosh, the packaging on this is stunning where I actually have to be realistic with myself. I don't think anyone's ever seen a photo of me wearing eyeshadow. (laughs) I don't wear eyeshadow. I don't put it on. I own so many palettes I do not need. I think it's really fair to be realistic on ourselves Mm -hmm. and just not purchase products for the sake of it because at the end of the day, an eyeshadow palette is not like, albeit beautiful, it is not something that I'm actually going to use. So if you do want, like, a particular colour, maybe purchase that one colour as opposed to going, oh, that is a great deal in a palette. At the end of the day, the palette's a lot more expensive and you're only getting value out of it if you're using it. I'm a bit of a budget fashion planner, you could say. And I do find myself buying off-season a lot. Okay. So I'm much more of a slow fashion kind of person. I really like buying a couple of really good quality pieces each season. I'm not someone who often buys into fast fashion and that's a good and a bad thing environment great for the world but at the end of the day not so great for my wallet more often than not Mm -hmm. but in summer the cashmere jumpers are on sale and we know winter is coming up and it will be there so I think it's investing in good quality basics when they are discounted so I know recently I bought a really beautiful jumper that I wanted over winter Mm -hmm. and I've actually bought that in the last couple of weeks in anticipation for next winter because I was like, no, you know what? It's a classic. It's going to last. It's more than 50% off and it's made of cashmere. Like this is something that even though I'm not going to wear it straight away, I know I'm going to get the wear out of it over the long term. I think planning, again, is probably my number one tip. Yeah, that's so funny you said that because I actually went a little bit crazy and, well, crazy as in planned crazy to buy some winter stock as well that had been on sale and it was fantastic and I picked up so many things and I got a further discount and I got like maybe eight or ten things for $80 and it was just like incredible and it was like, you know. Money win. I know, it was a money win. I have to put it in the group. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, you know, tight and long, beautiful, warm, long sleeve skivvies kind of thing. And then, you know, yes, a nice perfect. beanie and things like that were actually going to keep me warm next winter. So totally on that train. So that's fantastic. And I also, on the back of that, what are some of your favourite fashion brands? 
Oh my gosh. I have a fair few, but okay. I would say that I am absolutely tragic for Scanlon Theodore. Yes. Anything from Scanlon I adore. I also am a very big fan of Zimmerman and now I know these aren't mm-hmm. brands that are price conscious. I often buy like one piece of season from each of those brands and then wear them for years. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes to a few more wallet friendly brands I actually spend a little bit more time online looking for things and buying from small businesses. At the end of the day, when it comes to active wear, I don't think you can go past Lululemon. Yes. I used to wear a lot of Forever New because I really liked their work where they often were a little bit different. I'm very into pretty pastels, white dresses, and yep. anything with a bow. So that was always along my line. Um, but I also love a good sports girl purchase. Oh, now totally. I know I know I'm getting it that for fast fashion, but at the end of the day, the quality is usually really good. And I've got so many sports girl pieces that I have been wearing for literally years. So when it comes so to like good. linen shirts and like pairs of denim shorts, I genuinely don't think I've ever walked into sports girl and not found what I needed. I love that. Sports Girl is a classic. Oh my gosh, I have a jumper. I have a jumper that my mum wore like in the 80s and it's Sports Girl and she handed it down. How good is it? amazing. I love it. It's literally so good. I've got jumpers that I wore all through high school and I still wear. I think I somewhere still even have my Sports Girl pencil case from grade nine because that was the absolute thing you did. (laughs) Oh my God, I love it. I loved just like walking into Sports Girl in high school. That was kind of like the shop that everyone just wanted to go look in. It was just that one kind of store that everyone was obsessed with. Absolutely. And their beauty products were like the OG. At they the were. Time. Oh, my God. I think were. they still are, but I just feel like nobody remembers their beauty products exist. Yeah, I know. I, I definitely do because I would just go browsing and swatch all the lip glosses and everything on the back of my hand and all their <laughs> body products. <laughs> I'm fully with you on that. You know, something that I do clothes-wise is I'm quite a fan of cotton on personally, but something that I do because I like to wear a lot of T-shirts and a lot of kind of vintage band T-shirts here and there as like streetwear. Yeah. And I love shopping in the men's section of cotton on because oh, they, have, woman. they have the cooler like shirts and they're a little bit oversized and they fit nicely and you can just wear them with like bike pants or tuck them into jeans. Perfect. And they last forever. Like they're just like cute T-shirts you can just wear all year I wouldn't have even thought of that if I'm honest. I love that idea. Yeah, don't like be scared of shopping in the men's section. I've done it for years and it's so good. It's genius, actually. (laughs) You're welcome. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. Good to know. Also, favorite beauty brands. I know we're talking about sports girl beauty, but that's probably not very mainstream now. But no, no. But look, I go two ways. I've got some things that I adore that are a bit more high end. Mm -hmm. I I don't think anyone can go past Hourglass Cosmetics. Oh, beautiful. And Laura Mercier. Like, those two are probably the OGs. I've been wearing Laura Mercier's Tinted Moisturizer since probably I was 16, and I used to watch all of the beauty YouTubers using the Tinted Moisturizer. So, like, I used to literally save up and buy that, and now I buy their beautiful palettes, not that I should, and they have the best finishing powder I've ever seen honestly I keep trying other brands and just always coming back to them mm-hmm. but on our budget friendly front I don't know if you've heard of this but Drew Barrymore has brought out Flower Beauty yeah, which is available beauty. at Chemist Warehouse yep I do know and that. I am obsessed their lip treatments their lipsticks their lip balms are gorgeous their foundation is honestly so silky 
I keep purchasing it and I'm very, very impressed. So I think it's like on sale, it's like $10 for a foundation. You can't not call that a money win. Wow. I need to go and try them because I've heard so much about them, but I haven't actually tried Flower Beauty. So that's great to know. I was the same. I kept hearing so much about them and I was like, yeah, 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 okay, no problem. And then I just decided one day, during ISO actually, I think I was just bored and the chemist was one of the only places that you could uh, get out to. So I was picking up a script and I decided, you know what, I'll have a bit of a cruise. And I picked up maybe like three or four things. Spent less than $30 and I really like these products. Wow, that's great to know. I think it's kind of interesting with celebrity makeup brands and beauty brands. You don't really know what you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where my apprehension came from. Mm. Like, what would she know about beauty? Like, <laughs> I've, I've never heard, like, she's an actor, right? Like, yep. so I think I was just on the train of not knowing. But I guess when, also money win when it comes to mascaras that I've had this conversation with makeup artist friends and, you know, all of my other friends who aren't makeup artists. Mm-hmm. And we all consistently agree that Maybelline <gasps> mascaras are the best. Oh, my God, you were speaking like, my language. I know that there are so many fancy ones but you really can't go past a good Maybelline mascara. They are the OG and I feel like anything else is just a waste of money. Oh my God, you have taken the words right out of my mouth. Maybelline mascaras are my everything. <laughs> oh my oh, God. Good. Same babe. Oh my God, my favourite is the Falsies and the yes, new Falsies the Lash Lift. Oh no, the purple tube, yeah, sorry. Yeah, purple one I'm and they have, they have the new silver, the Falsies Lash Lift, which is fantastic too. So you need to try I that if you haven't. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm so with you. Maybelline, oh my God, they're fantastic. And when you're talking about the Laura Mercier powder, I don't know if you've tried Maybelline Fit Me. It's like the loose powder. I haven't. Oh my God, Victoria, you need to try it. It makes your skin okay, so I'll... airbrushed. Perfect. That is obviously all I care about. <laughs> yes, and a huge money win because you'll be saving heaps of money too. They are so expensive, but you know what? Sometimes these products make us feel really nice. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, keep buying the things that make you feel really nice and put you in a position where getting up every day is a joy. I know that sounds obviously opposite to what other financial advisors might say. Obviously, we don't always have to go budget, but life's worth living as well. And I know that we're talking about some things that are kind of flippant, but at the end of the day, like I love beauty products and I feel very special using nice products. For sure. We're not here saying you have to, but like genuinely don't buy anything other than Maybelline when it comes to mascara, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in saying that, Maybelline is number one for mascara. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In saying that, uh, it is regard when it comes to Maybelline for mascara. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I totally agree. So now I'm going to ask you some fashion and beauty money-related questions, and I want you to say yay or nay based on your personal kind of thoughts on what you would spend money on. Oh, okay, let's go. Okay, so number one, getting your nails professionally done every month. Nay. Oh, okay, interesting. Nay, I paint my own nails and do my own manicures at home. I love that. Oh, my God. Mm. I need to start doing that. I'm really bad with that. (laughs) (laughs) Giving me inspo here. What about buying a new outfit for every occasion or birthday? No, no, no. <laughs> you're like yelling through the phone. No, don't do it. No, 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 don't do it. It is no. I genuinely believe if you have bought an outfit that you feel great in, that outfit should get more than one outing. Mm-hmm. Like that outfit deserves celebrating. Like yeah. dress it up with different accessories, swap out your shoes. Like I have what I call in my wardrobe a dress that's navy 
white stripe. It's very, I think I've had it for maybe seven or eight years now. You know when the old school Nicholas dresses, the oh ball gown three? Yes. One of those. So I adored it and we call it the sisterhood of the traveling dress <laughs> because I've worn it to pretty much every occasion under the sun and so have all of my friends. Wow. Somehow, regardless of their bust size, because it's a strapless dress, it fits them all as well. And it is the perfect dress and I just see absolutely no shame in outfit repeating. In fact, if something makes you feel great, why would you want to wear something else? 100%. I love that. I feel like there's so much shame around outfit repeating. It's like, yeah, well, I'm getting a great use out of my outfit. So what's the problem? Absolutely. And if someone turns around and says, hey, Victoria, is that not the dress you wore to Amber's birthday? And I'll be like, heck yes, it was my friend. How good is it? (laughs) Yes. Best comeback too. Another one, what about eyelash extensions? Oh, now you've hit me where it hurts. (laughs) I thought so. I would say this is the thing that I spend the most money on. Um, Lash extensions for me are my absolute vice. Mm-hmm. And during lockdown, I learned a lot about myself and <laughs> how many things I could do myself. So I can wax my own legs. I can wow. give myself a perfect pedicure. I can give myself a really great manicure. But I missed my eyelash extensions and they were one of the first things that I booked back in. They are obviously a completely non-essential, but waking up, feeling pretty and ready to take the day on was something I didn't realize I would miss. So for me, lash extensions are a big yes, but also if you've never had them before, I would just say don't because once you have them, you don't want to stop. They're addictive. No, no. (laughs) I've never tried them, but also because I'm scared. Don't do it, Amber. No, (laughs) don't. don't. I'm going to stick to the Maybelline mascaras. Yeah, stick to it. They are fantastic. They are the things that got me through isolation, but my old faithful lash technician was probably a little bit concerned about how happy I was to see her. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I will get your first appointment, honestly. Yeah, I was like, so when are you ready? You just let me know. I'll be there with bells on. (laughs) I'll be parked up front an hour early. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) And what about maybe buying, say, $300 shoes, but you know you'll get a lot of use out of them? I am all for that. Shoes are something I adore and they are something that I do spend money on. But I also find that they are the things that last me well because I look after them. So if you're going to buy a pair of $300 shoes, you also need to understand that shoes need looking after. Like you do need to get them resold when you start to wear through the base because more often than not, more expensive shoes do have leather soles and they don't last as long Mm -hmm. as the harder soles. They need their heel caps replaced. It's about $10. And there are a number of pairs of just basic heels I've had since, you know, my grad years of working in not even finance that I have worn literally eight plus years and they are still going strong because I do maintain them and, you know, they're suede. I make sure that they're waterproof every season and brushed and recapped and resold. So I think that it's a really good investment. At the same time, though, it's not something we can all make. Like it is not fair to say, okay, well, you should be buying $300 shoes. If you're in a position where you can, fantastic. That is going to be an investment in the future instead of spending, you know, $50 literally every couple of months to replace 
something, but some of us are not in a position where we can actually afford to fork out $300 at the start. A hundred percent. And I love that, you know, if you're going to spend that much money on something, you want to look after it and make sure you are getting your money's worth. Absolutely. And that goes for other shoes as well. Like I'm not saying don't look after your shoes, but if you are going to invest in something like that, do know that you can get them resold, that you can, you know, get the tips replaced. And something that I see a lot of women, because I work in the PBD, do mm-hmm. is wear their shoes down and then continuing to wear them, which really oh. starts to damage them. And it gets yeah. to a point where you can't replace them. The shoes literally need to be thrown out. Mm-hmm. So if you start to see damage, getting on it really early so you can just keep them well maintained. For sure. And, you know, when the shoe kind of changes, it's not good for your feet either. No, absolutely not. I mean, we could argue that high heels are not good for you (laughs) at all. But but we're not going to argue that. Let's not get into that. (laughs) We won't argue that today. (laughs) No, no, let's leave that for another conversation. (laughs) So funny. But how about getting a professional spray tan even though you have tanning stuff at home? I'm not a tanner. You're not a tanner? Like I wear, no. No, I like I wear a little bit of gradual tan sometimes mm-hmm. to just make me feel a little bit fresh because I am naturally very pale, but I'm not a big spray tanner. Yeah. Probably had maybe one or two in my life and never loved it. Interesting. So, me, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Interesting. And how about buying a new bag because it fits your laptop perfectly and you haven't had a bag that does that? If you were in the market for a bag and you've just found a bag with the specs that you needed, then fantastic. But if you just found a bag that fits your laptop and you didn't need a new bag, mm-hmm. it's a hard no from me, my friend. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so I'm really interested to learn more about your budgeting and cash flow masterclass. And I'm sure our listeners would love to know that too. Oh, okay. So the budgeting and cash flow masterclass. I guess you could call it a labor of love because it's come from, you know, me being a financial advisor and literally now working with thousands of clients on their budgeting cash flow and realizing that I could create a product that would essentially do it for them after sitting down with people literally week on week on week, year on year and understanding their needs and a system that works. I feel like I've come up with a system that really makes sense for literally any budget, any cash flow. So we're not talking just people who have a salary and wage earning job. Like it could be inconsistent income, could be no income. It's just a budgeting system that makes sense. So I've put together this cash flow course that goes through your money stories and really understanding where you're coming from and understanding what your values and your thoughts and your beliefs around money are. Because if you don't understand that, try and do a budget it's not going to be sustainable. You really need to understand your budget. You really need to understand your values first. Mm -hmm. And then I take you through how to do a budget and what that means and putting it all together. And I think the thing that most budgeting programs or most budgeting plans forget is that next step. So Mm -hmm. creating a budget, that's fantastic, Amber. You've written everything down. You know what you spend each year, but like how are you actually going to facilitate that? So the Budget and Cashflow Masterclass takes it a step further and literally tells you how many bank accounts to open, what money to put in that every week, month, year, however you want to view it so that you can become far more in control of your money and actually save what you want to save because everything becomes automated. 
So instead of being in a position where you've got a budget, but you find it really hard to stick to, it kind of makes it foolproof. Totally. I love that because I find, you know, in the past when I've tried to budget and, you know, you might get a a great template or something, but I don't know what to do next. And I don't know how to keep managing that and, you know, not fall off the horse, so to say. And it can get quite overwhelming at times too. So I think it's great that you're actually able to show us step by step how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that sadly has taken me far longer than I thought it would to create, but I'm really, (laughs) really proud of it. So it's more than 20 different like videos as well as 40 plus downloadable activities to do as well as the budgeting cash flow tool. So it's by no means just like download a PDF and off you go. Like everything is interactive. Everything has an activity associated with it and every module has a chat feature on it so that you can ask questions and I always get back to everyone in the course. So it's kind of like I'm doing it with you. Wow. Oh my gosh, I love that. See, it's one thing to actually, you know, put a course out there, but to actually be there to answer questions as well. I feel like that's a really great personal element. Absolutely. And it's one of my favorite places to hang out because everyone's always got really fun questions and, oh, where are my budget? Should I put this? Or Victoria, is this much on eyelash extensions too much? And I go, no, not if it's your value. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Never. It's an investment, right? Right? Yeah. And I guess with the masterclass, are you only open to enrollments at certain times or is it kind of like a year-long No. No, it's actually a forever thing. So you can join up at any point and start and take it at your own pace because we know everybody learns differently and we all have different schedules. So some people might, you know, smash it out in a week. Whereas other clients are going to sign up and take a couple of months to really get through all of the information. There's no pressure. There's no time. And like when you do sign up, you get lifetime access to it. So it's not one year and it's gone. Like it will always be there for you to come back to if your situation changes or even if you just get lazy and fall off the horse. Oh my gosh, that sounds fantastic. I'll be getting on that as soon as Christmas (laughs) is over. I'll be getting on it. (laughs) My friend, I'm going to send you a login. I want you to be a part of this community. Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, no, I'm a bit, okay. what do I say? I'm a bit overwhelmed. No, no, don't be silly. I'm thank blushing. you for having me on your podcast. No, thank you for coming on. You are the money queen and I bow down to you, Victoria. So this is great. <laughs> no, we're all on the same level. Join the course. You'll see it. there's no queen around here. <laughs> If you're ready, let's dive into a few random questions for you. Let's go. Okay, number one, would you rather be given $1,000 a day for the rest of your life or have $1 million in the bank today? Oh, and I don't even have the time to do the numbers on that. Mm-hmm. I think I would like to be given $1,000 a day for the rest of my life because that is $365,000 a year that I would have and I could invest and save and create much more than a million, albeit if I invested a million today, it would compound over time very significantly. I'd have to wait for that, whereas I could have financial freedom right here and now if you gave me $1,000 a day. Wow, shit. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God. What do you expect? You asked a financial advisor. <laughs> I know. My God, that was amazing. That was like just... Wow, you're really making me think and feel things that I haven't before about money today. So this is fantastic. And I love that it's so funny when you put a smaller number against such a large number, people would automatically think the larger number would be the better outcome. Absolutely. But if I gave you a consistent income for the rest of your life at that level, you could live the life you wanted to. You could buy whatever you wanted and you could travel or make choices. Like just because someone has a million dollars does not mean that they are financially secure. And I think that that is such a misconception, especially in this world, 
And I think it's also really interesting to note that people who do come into inheritances and people who do come into winning money on the lotto, most yep. of them lose it or get rid of it because they don't know how to manage it. 100%. So often people be like, oh, I wish I had a million dollars. And it's like, well, you do. But the probability of you losing that if you don't know how to manage your money is incredibly high. And that is why I am so genuinely passionate about getting people to budget and cash flow even when they do have lower income because yep. from little things, big things really do grow. Yeah, and I think it's such a misconception that people think that because they have a lower income, they can't budget and, oh, I can't afford it. I can't afford to put anything away, but really they can. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess if you're going to go out and buy a coffee, you can definitely afford to put 5 or $10 away here and there, right? 100%, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like at the end of the day, what works for you is what works for you, yeah. but you just need to be educated in all the options that are available to you and that's what She's on the Money is about. 100% and it's fantastic and I've learned so much. I've joined UpBank, I've joined Raise and Spaceship. <laughs> Honestly, you have changed my year. This year was... I'm so glad. <laughs> you really have and, you know, it was such a wild year but, you know, if there was one thing that I really focused on this year, it was, you know, my cash flow and my money and saving and investing, micro-investing and it, it's really changed my life. Oh so my thank God. you very much for that. I love that. But also, quick math, because it's really interesting, and I think people think it's really pervy. Mm-hmm. Say we were investing for the next 10 years, right? And we just like use 5% as an interest rate, which is relatively low, but like totally achievable. Mm-hmm. And going back to your question, because I just love getting nitty gritty, yeah. $1,000 a day, like if I invested that over the next 10 years, I'd have $4.7 million. Wow. Like that's how much I would have if I was able to invest that amount. Whereas if you gave me a million dollars today and I didn't invest anything else, I'd only have $1.6 million invested. So my friend, that $1,000 a day is far more powerful than a million dollars up front. I love that. Oh my God. I just feel like I'd be one of those people that would be like, oh yeah, totally have a million over a thousand dollars a day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be so rich. Yeah. Uh -uh. -uh. No, honey. Not working today. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Number two. What else have you got? All right. So I did a little bit of stalking and I feel like this one, it might kind of tear you in two. Um, Okay. So cats or coffee? Oh my gosh. (laughs) As if you do that to me. How rude. Cats every day of the week. Come on now. You thought you could trip me up. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have done a little bit of stalking. I like to do that just to kind of see when I can pull out on people. So there we go. I love that. Amazing. And last one. What can you talk about for hours? And I feel like I might have an idea, but maybe you can answer that one. Cat. <laughs> I thought you were going to say budgeting and, you know, investing. Well, I could, but I knew you were waiting for that. So cats, cats and oat milk lattes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. I was not expecting that and that's made it even better. <laughs> Victoria, you have been so incredibly amazing. And I know that our listeners are absolutely going to love this episode because it's so different to something that I've done before. So I cannot thank you enough. Oh, I'm excited. Me too. Thank you for thinking of me and inviting me on. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. It's been fun. It has. Let's talk more fashion more often. 100%. I'll get you on again and we can go over our fashion and beauty budgets for next year. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Bye.
If you've made it this far into my chat with She's on the Money's Victoria Divine, then you will be delighted to know that they are kindly giving away a budgeting and cash flow masterclass to one lucky Fashion Avenue listener. Valued at $395, whether you're trying to pay down debt, want to start investing in the future, want to save for your first home or buy that third investment property, the She's on the Money Budgeting and Cashflow Masterclass has got your back with the tools and resources you need to start in the right place and make your dreams a reality. Head to the link in the description of this episode for your chance to win. Good luck. <laughs> you have been listening to a Fashion Avenue production hosted by me, Amber Lowther, and produced by me as well. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram at Fashion Avenue Podcast. And if you want to follow myself too, at Amber Lowther. Feel free to join the private podcast Facebook group and subscribe to our email newsletter for the latest updates and giveaways. But most importantly, don't forget to subscribe, rate and leave a review.